Hello everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. Today we're going to start with a story and switch things up a bit and then introduce the topic of this week. So let's get right into it. Sarah has a story for us. Okay, hello, hi. Um, I have a quick story, which I have no idea if it's relatable or not, but we're just going to go with it. So it's about me in high school and I think all of high school um, I heavily romanticize this idea of a master of one and well I think what that means is pretty self-explanatory it's just someone who is a master of one thing and the very idea of being completely enraptured and obsessed with your life's work was so beautiful and astonishing to me and I saw that as finding your purpose if you were obsessed with what you were doing and you loved it and that's all you cared about that was finding your purpose and to me nothing in the world could ever replace your passion for that one thing and I know this sounds really stupid but even in like 11th grade I saw myself like solving the mystery of gravity as I got older or building something great and then sending it to Mars with my first car but all I wanted was that I wanted to be great at what I loved and I didn't really want anything else. I wanted to hold on to that feeling of passion and purpose forever, and everything else that would come in my life would just be an embellishment. And to be honest, the little I did experience it, it is an irreplaceable feeling to be in love with your work, to be so curious that you dream of it. And that was what I experienced for a long time. Then I moved to college and things changed and I got, you know, perspective on life, but I didn't really know if I could replicate that idea of a master of one in reality, partly because I didn't know if I was capable to a degree of such dedication and madness, but also I came to appreciate a lot of different facets in my life. Um, this is very weird and kind of like niche to only some people in the world, I guess, but I wanted to major in mechanical engineering and English literature, which is, you could say, a somewhat uncommon combination of majors. But I think my love for literature as well as for engineering provided me to kind of see beauty in a lot of completely unrelated things. And that led to a lot of perspective and depth is perspective, which is where I switched my mindset to appreciating this idea of being a jack of all trades. And I think you're a finer person when you're not just one thing. You can understand so many different things about the world and about the human character so much better. So I think it's a really fascinating realization and switch of mindset I had where one, I really idolized this obsessed master of one and then came to appreciate a jack of all trades. I've kind of had the opposite experience where I have like, gotten really into psychology, then really into sociology, then into design and into all these different things, but I've never really gotten deep into one of them. Um, And I'm now trying to get deep into one of them. I think I've just had so many interests, you know, like I took a took piano classes and I took like a Bharatnatyam Odyssey class also and like Hindustani vocal and I was kind of raised on the idea of like being a jack but now that I think about it I guess it was just me trying to find that one interest by trying everything me trying to find that one thing that I really liked and then get deep into that and yeah that's I think both of our stories have raised three questions um so we can break it down our podcast down today into three topics the first is what is ideal quote unquote you know what is a jack of all trades what is a master of one what are the benefits of that what are the 
disadvantages of that. Um, so that's section one. Section two can be about the idea of greatness, because that's something that lies at the core of our discussion, even in Jack and Master, right? It's what, what does it mean to be great? And when we do speak about greatness in section three, we can talk about artists, legacies, and can we separate the art from the artist? Can we separate the inventor from the invention? So on that note, let's get started with section one. And before we, we get really into it, I know we've briefly mentioned like Jack of all trades, master of one, but what, what really are these things? So just for everyone's benefit, my understanding of Jack of all trades is someone who dabbles, um, or not even dabbles, I think dabbles has a negative connotation. Someone who has many interests, say, in different fields, not in a particular field, in different fields. So say that someone who um, kind of knows C++, someone who knows JavaScript, someone who knows like a couple of different languages, but doesn't know like one language really, really, really well, like the back of his hand. Um, a master of one, on the other hand, is someone, is that person who knows one language um, like the back of their hand. Someone who is a master, an expert, or someone who um, specializes in one field of knowledge. So now that the definitions are out of the way, uh, let's let's talk about the pros and, and the cons in simple terms. Sarah, what would you say, uh, according to you, are the pros of master of one? So I think the pros of a master of one, which in effect have become the cons of a jack of all trades, I would say the first one is that you are a genius in your field, and that is really an exceptional accomplishment. You get to call a field yours, and in your very short lifespan, that's quite a beautiful and exceptional accomplishment under your belt. And I think secondly, your mind is often beautifully developed that you can understand other things easily too. And what I mean by that is that usually when you're a master of one, this means that you have understood something on a deeper level. You have truly understood the root of it rather than being in, you know, an education system where you're just told to memorize or do repetitive things until you get a good grade. No, you have truly understood it. And so you have true knowledge and the brain which accompanies true knowledge, which means that you will very easily be able to understand things. You've learned how to learn. So you can learn many different things easily. So that's a really wonderful skill to have in life. Third, on a more practical note, um, there's a huge benefit in terms of getting a job, right? Specialization is paramount in several industries. If you don't have the degree, there's no way you can even consider applying for the job, no matter how passionate you are. And so specialization is also a scarcity, right? Not many people are going to be experts on a particular thing. So you found yourself something which could potentially be highly lucrative because of that. And also, um, many people would be wanting you for that. Lastly, you know, on a lighter note, if you are a master of one, the chances are you're very passionate about the thing you're a master of. And to have passion in your life is a really beautiful thing, especially when that thing is knowledge. So yeah, it's a very, you know, beautiful way to also live your life potentially and um, to experience something that most human beings don't. On the other hand, um, the jack of all trades has has many, many pros. For example, when I think about, um, you know, being in a social situation, like, say, a party in college or, yeah, just imagine a, a, a dorm party. The person who is usually the most interesting 
is someone who you know is able to relate to someone who is a sociology major as well as someone who is um, an electrical engineer someone who can have a conversation with a biomedical engineer and someone who can talk to a designer you know someone who has so much to offer someone who has listened to a podcast in anthropology and so can talk to the anthropologist just the ability to connect with so many people because of the knowledge that you have in so many things regardless of whether it's deep knowledge but enough to connect enough to have empathy and understand where the other person is coming from i think is a really really important thing on the other hand of course the master of one can also be a great hit at a party say if it was like a, a very niche um themed party like on 17th century paintings like of course the you know art historian who is specifically like a master of 17th century paintings is is going to be a really popular person at the party but also think about who is going to be at that party probably other people who are also art historians so yeah dorm party analogy the jack is going to be a lot of fun and be very interesting uh, another note i think also being a jack will make you really really successful in life because the skills the soft skills quote unquote that you have your ability to connect with human beings get them to trust you get them to like you because you know you're just such an empathetic person like that will get you that job you know not because of necessarily like your specialization in that but just because you're so good at being a human and being a, like an interesting human being you'll be able to network successfully because of that and life in general will become easier you know the more connections that you make so that's a really really good point nina um and i think it's good that we've covered the pros and cons of both however you were telling me about this ideal person this ideal t-shaped person and i think that would be an interesting sort of conclusion on this I read something. It was okay. Yes, it was a quote by the IDEO CEO, IDEO the design organization. They called they introduced the idea of the T-shaped person. And the T-shaped person basically questions the idea of this dichotomy between a jack and a master and and asks the question, can you be both? Can you be a jack and a master? And so imagine a T, imagine a capital T letter. So the top of the t the horizontal part would be the breadth of knowledge that you have um you know a little bit about art history you know a little bit about paintings and archaeology great you know all these different things little 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 things the t vertical part of the t would be the depth of knowledge that you have in one thing so say that you're really really good at visual arts and you're really good at painting that would be the depth so you have a general breadth a general knowledge of things which enables you to take ideas from multiple disciplines and also see your work in a context with the rest of the world and allows you to communicate better with everyone but that depth is what makes you like a truly great person you know the collaboration the context that sets the stage for your mastery in something that is that depth um and so that is the t-shaped person which i think is is my idea of of the ideal um but i guess that brings us to section 2 of our podcast which is just what is greatness exactly sarah do you have any idea what greatness is i would love to hear your thoughts 
Well, this is indeed a challenging question. Um, and of course, the correct answer is that greatness obviously depends on the individual's definition. But today, let's try to go a little bit further than that. Let's try to push that a little bit. So let's take a minute to think about the greats, whoever that may be for you. So say, who do you think of? Nikola Tesla, Freddie Mercury, Steve Jobs, Heath Ledger, potentially. These are all individuals who left a legacy but at a huge cost. They all left a legacy which humanity will truly never forget. They're household names which changed the course of our you know, trajectory, but uh, it came at the cost of a great deal of their physical or mental health. So I guess that brings us to the question is, what do you desire in life? Is it a legacy you want to leave or is it a balanced life that you want to lead? And I think whether when you answer that question, you get to your answer of what you consider great. Is the end result the most important thing for you or is the character who you become along the way? And I guess this kind of connects to another idea we were talking about, which is that great ideas are, are, are pretty commonplace if you think about it. I mean, I, I'm sure every friend you know will have some great idea of, of some book they want to write, about some thing they want to build or some podcast they want to start. But I guess it's not the idea that's as essential as the execution of it. So going back to the idea of legacy versus balanced life, I think this raises the question of section three, which is, can you separate the art from the artist? If the artist has left this amazing legacy, the art is that legacy, but what about the individual artist? What about his his life? Let's, let's randomly take an example of one of the people you mentioned. How about Steve Jobs? <laughs> Sure. So, I mean, on that note, like we can kind of transition to part three of our podcast and talk about artists and the art they create or inventors and the inventions. But yeah, okay, so let's talk about Steve Jobs. Amazing inventor. Clearly, um, you know, Apple products changed the course of technology. But notoriously, Steve Jobs wasn't known to be the greatest boss or or the most loving father. So when we speak of greatness, again, it comes back to that question, is it the end result or the individual you're questioning? In other words, can you separate the art from the artist? And obviously, this is a very personal topic. And it's actually, I would say, a very emotional topic, um, rather than anything else. But my personal opinion is that you potentially can separate the art from the artist and that might be necessary in a lot of circumstances. We are aware of Steve Jobs and his, to put it delicately, um, lack of being a great father. I don't want to view Apple products differently. It's important to realize that there are some people who don't live life for the microseconds that go by, but rather would like to produce something that people can hold on to for centuries after their death. And I think it's very easy to look at people who are heroes or quote unquote, the greats and look at them as gods and hold them up to that standard instead of our own human real standards. Life gets complicated, life gets messy, and that is ubiquitous to everybody. And so I think it is important to separate the art from the artist and recognize that how they died or what they did during their life doesn't necessarily always detract from what they left us with. But again, it's a very controversial thing, and I don't think there's a particularly better way to look at it. So I don't know, Nina, what do you think about this? To make things spicy, I actually hesitate to agree with you. I think the ideal answer is that you should separate the art from the artist, but I also think it is very, very hard to do that, especially if by supporting the 
art, you are supporting someone you don't necessarily want to support, aka the artist. So, for example, um, you know, if if you're watching a movie and that is the most incredible movie you've watched, it's changed your life, like it's won all these awards, and um, now you're inspired to like trek and go to Mount Everest. Great movie. But then you do some Googling and you find out that the director is not the best person. You find out that the actors who have filmed the movie have been accused of abuse. Um, you know, would you, would you then still feel the same way about the movie? I think you'd want to feel the same way about the movie because maybe you think that why should my art, um, why should I judge my art based on the artist? You know, I don't need my art to be morally correct and um, ethical, you know, and and I guess <laughs> on a tangent, this could also relate to like animal testing in a weird way, but we can talk about that another time. But would you still feel the same way about the movie? I don't know. Would you still want to buy that movie and donate to the artist because you love their work, knowing that they're not the best people? I definitely can see how that can be a huge challenge, but I guess the question we wanted to leave you with was that can you really call an artist or an inventor great if you have to separate them from their work? Can we really call someone great if we're excluding the individual and only looking at the end result? Yeah, um, obviously difficult, intricate questions for you to ponder. Uh, personally, I'm very grateful to know someone in my life who both encompasses this idea of leaving a legacy as as well as being an incredibly balanced individual. Shout out to you, mom. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. So if anyone wants to leave us a comment or email us about their views on this, that would be cool because we don't really know how to end this and um, we'd love to hear what you think about it. So <laughs> on that note, um, we're going to wrap this up and talk about how, I think, to summarize whatever we've rambled upon, because this is quite a philosophical and tough topic to talk about. I think we can safely say that everyone's definition of greatness is very, very personal and that this is your intellectual journey. You know, my definition of greatness is very different from Sarah's definition. And it's my journey to like achieve that greatness and be satisfied with, with my life. Practically though, I, I do think the idea of the deep person is something that I want to be and something I aspire towards and, and is in my definition of greatness. Um, but yeah, Sarah, what, what are your concluding thoughts on all of this? Yeah, to wrap this all up, it's really important to ask yourselves, what do you prize at the end of your life? It is, is it the output that you leave behind, the legacy that some people can hold on to for hundreds of years after your death? Or is it the character you become along the way? Is it how you affect people in your day-to-day -day and how you make people feel? Is that what's more important to you? Or both? In which case, good luck, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's a really beautiful existence and Truly, I wish you the best of luck for that. But um, yeah, it's absolutely essential to kind of differentiate and to understand what you prioritize. Um, at the end of the day, greatness depends on your definition, of course. We can try to make it as technical as we can and try to establish what is the most successful. But obviously, greatness you will, you will achieve greatness only once you feel it. And maybe your definition is nothing that we've talked about. We talked about being a jack of all trades or a master of one. Maybe your definition is absolutely absolutely neither and that is absolutely okay maybe it's to live in hawaii with six dogs and 14 cats and i don't know make your own butter like that's amazing and um 
as incredible as anything else so with that being said i hope these are the seeds oh that's a weird thing to say i hope these are like the the <laughs> Why did I say that? I'm, okay, we're. I'm leaving this in. I'm not editing this. <laughs> These are. This is the beginning of your intellectual journey, as Nina said. Again, I'm notoriously bad for ending podcasts, so I'm not even gonna try. I hope your week is wonderful and you achieve great things. We love you. Bye.